Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone it is jay scott it is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast thank you again for coming on by and giving us a listen don't forget to write us a review after you listen to this wonderful episode the five-star review is always appreciated but we always appreciate your feedback and we are part of the pantheon podcast network a great network of music related podcasts if you want to go check them out at pantheonpodcast.com and on social media twitter facebook and Instagram, you can find them at Pantheon Pods, at Pantheon Pods, and it's really a great forum, a great platform for all things music. It's dedicated solely to music-related topics, and everyone's got their own show, and it's really cool. There's a lot of great stuff happening um, that we're probably going to be announcing here shortly if we haven't already. It's kind of hard to keep up with with all the great news that comes out of Pantheon, but please be sure to check that out. And don't forget to check out The Hook Rocks on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Hook Rocks and set your app to automatic download wherever you podcast so you get the latest episode right to your phone. And we've been busy. We've been kind of slacking off this summer. Um, May, June, and July, I've kind of taken a step back a little bit. My son's getting ready to go to college here in about two weeks, so I've been enjoying the time with him. And uh, that's going to be happening here. So I'm going to get right back on the horse of podcasting and start putting out the episodes that you guys are all used to. So stay tuned for that. We just celebrated our four-year anniversary. We welcome Nita Strauss, the great guitar player from Alice Cooper, and also talking about her solo album with a plethora of different artists like Dorothy, Lizzie Hale, and so on. So check out that new album from her and check out the interview that we did. We also welcome Dax Nielsen, the drummer of Cheap Trick, for our 500th episode, which we also just celebrated. And we've had some great new artists, as we always do. We we welcomed Julia Lauren from the band The Foxies. We had Jax Hollow, a great singer-songwriter from Nashville, and Mitch McCauley from the band Moon Fever. 
as well as some other great guests over the past several months, like Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy, along with Don Jameson, talking the Thin Lizzy performance at the Sydney Opera House in Australia back in the 70s. It was this iconic show that they did and uh, asked a lot of questions with Scott. And uh, as always, Scott was forthcoming and kind of brought you to that performance of what they were doing. We also had Richie Kotzen on from the Winery Dogs, George Lynch from Dockin. We also welcome Rick Nielsen along with Dax earlier this year, Josh Todd from Buckcherry, and a whole host of others. Check out our commentary episodes with Christine Eagle. We're talking about artificial intelligence, chat GPT, and the future it has in music. Not a big fan, as you guys know. Um, the Live Nation Ticketmaster Monopoly that we've been covering with the state, uh, I'm sorry, with the United States Senate Judiciary Committee, as well as our audio expert Skylab talking about the Expona uh, digital audio show in Chicago. And we also did a live album review of Cheap Trick live at Budokan, the, the iconic 70s live album that really made their career. So I'm done gabbing. God, I do that all from uh, my mind. I, I memorize it. So um, there's no notes in front of me, folks. I can't believe sometimes when I do it myself. But whatever the case is, we've got a, another new music spotlight with a return guest um, that we had on a couple years ago, right before they released their song, Midnight Rider, which is a great, great song. And I'd like to welcome Juliana from the band, The Band Inc., back to the new music spotlight on the hook rocks what's happening juliana how are you i'm good how are you i'm awesome i'm awesome i'm glad that you stopped by again i'm glad we're chatting again want to hear all about band inc i think everyone wants to know where the the band's headed because i think you did another single or two after midnight rider and Mm -hmm. now we're just wanting to know what's in store here for the rest of 2023 and going into 2024 Absolutely. Well, before anything, as always, thank you so much for having me. And may I congratulate you four years of the show. That's incredible. Congrats. I mean, it's a wonderful show. I listen in and just great job with with everything going on. So congrats to you. Thank you. Thank you very (laughs) Um, much. Of course. Uh, As far as banding, so as going, so... Last time we spoke was Midnight Rider, which was so awesome. We were able to finally release our first single. Like I told you, the whole history of the band. You know, I had this band for years, and I've always wanted to do originals. And we we finally had released Midnight Rider. And after that, we had two other singles, uh, which are really special songs for me. So the first one that we released after that was called Ruined Myself, uh, which is one of my favorite songs, I think, you know, what the band and I have ever written. It's very personal and just one of those songs that I, when I see on the set list, I just get so excited because it's a high energy song and just rock rock and roll. You know, it's one of those pure rock and roll songs. Um, and shortly after that, we released Better Off Dead, which I wanted to release so badly in the fall because it's one of those songs that kind of has that spooky vibe to it. And I am a big Halloween person. So I was like, this is actually perfect timing for it to come out. So we dropped that one. And um, again, just another kind of bluesy sounding, um, which is kind of different from, you know, songs like Midnight Rider and Rude Myself. It was kind of laid back, but still had that rock sound to it. So ever since then, we've released those songs and it's really special to have people come to our shows and say, Hey, are you going to play these songs and all that? So it really makes us, you know, feel really happy that people enjoy those songs. Yeah, that's great. I mean, a great song is a great song. And, you know, to put your first step forward with these songs that you've released um, is, is very impressive. And just in terms of the style and the music itself, and, you know, big things are ahead for you and your band. And you're also quite busy, too. You've been announcing a lot of stuff on social media, playing with Ace Freely, playing with some other, uh, you know, people, too, as well. And that's got to be exciting, you know, a- a- to have that going on. Oh, yes. Yeah, so exciting. I'm so excited to hit the road and do some shows and get, you know, back at it and just seeing everybody at the show. So definitely have a lot of new stuff coming forward. As you mentioned, Ace Fraley, we're opening for him in New York in November, which I'm so excited about. We have some other shows out west, some here in New Hampshire, uh, Massachusetts, New York, just getting back out there, doing some shows, getting some of the new stuff out there, playing them live, you know, seeing how people react to it. It's 
getting back to getting busy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you do travel to L.A. a lot. You know, I know you're at the VAM show this past year and, you know, you've mm-hmm. done some um, you do travel there often. And also now you just told me before we got on that you're recording the new album in Nashville. You know, those are really the two most prominent places for rock music these days, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Nashville has really become what LA was in the seventies and in the early eighties for rock and rollers to come. Um, because it's really where the music community has kind of settled in after migrating from LA. There's still a lot of people in LA, but I think each year it seems to be chipping away and people are moving out to Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. discuss your, or what, what for you, I should say, I should ask. Are the differences? I mean, what's your what are the purposes of going to L.A. and and why do you feel comfortable doing an album in Nashville? Why did you settle on Nashville? For sure. Um, So for me, I'm kind of biased because no matter what, I'll always love L.A. And I I will always think like when I'm there, I feel like that's where rock and roll is. In my opinion, like that whole 80s metal rock hair metal scene started there. And that's where, to me, it, it is like it's just there. It can't, it can't forever go away. Sure, like people can chip away, but I think that one day it's just gonna go back <laughs> because it's just where it started. You know, you always go back to where you start. Um, I love Nashville. Um, you know, a lot of my friends have always been pushing me to go to Nashville, and I've been several times, and I love Nashville. I think it's a wonderful, welcoming community, especially of rock music, um, and. I made the decision to, I mean, those last two songs that we've put out, we recorded in Nashville and just, we always get a good response there and everyone's just super kind. Um, but this, this month, actually, we're going down there to record some stuff, which I'm so excited about. And yeah, it's just a really, it's, it's wonderful. Like you meet everybody there and everyone's just super cool. And there's, it's really hard to compare the two because even though they're very similar, it's kind of different in a way. LA is like this huge, huge place that like you can disappear to one end and then go to the other. And Nashville's like this very, very small um, community, but still just full of rock and music. So yeah, it's two different places, but I love both equally. But like I said, I'm biased. I just feel this very strong connection with LA and yeah, <laughs> no, it's kind of different, you know. <laughs> well, the L.A. scene really, you know, has been even before the 80s. I mean, Zeppelin did their first gig in America at the Whiskey. Yeah, When exactly. Van Halen owned the strip in the in the mid to late 70s before they were signed, you know, before their first album. And, you know, Quiet Riot was in existence with Randy Rhodes in the 70s. And you had a lot of different players. I mean, George Lynch's old band, you know, Exciter and the Boys. You know, we're all there pre-docking and, um, yeah, it's been, you know, it, it really is, you know, ground zero for rock music. Yeah. Although it just seems like, you know, more and more people are moving out. I mean, just because Nashville, like you said, is a community and you have a lot of different resources that maybe you used to have in LA, but it just Absolutely. seems like those resources are going to Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree. And as you can see, that's, you know, we're going to Nashville, we're going to record because, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just, I've, everyone I've talked to, they say the same thing. It's just kind of like shifting to Nashville, which is great too. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you meet so many people there and just connections. Great for networking too. You know, everyone's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. When you think of, you know, gosh, we haven't talked in a couple of years. It seems like it may be sooner, it may be later, but it's at least a couple of years. And, you know, you had just released a single Midnight Rider um, and you're getting geared up for that. For you, as you kind of moved along with things with the band and yourself as an artist, what are some of the, the things that has changed for you? You know, like maybe a different perspective, maybe, um, you know, like I said, you know, you're going to Nashville and everything. And how, how have you evolved over these past couple of years? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to answer it by like with my writing in a way. So like Midnight Rider, you know, is a really personal song. I think I told you this. I wrote it for my grandpa, you know, because he is he's a motorcycle guy and I have so much respect for him. So I wanted to give him a song. And that's the first one that we released. And a lot of the songs and the writing has definitely evolved. And 
I like evolved in a way that the writing is different. It's more personal and it's just more relatable in a way. Like if that makes any sense, like the writing has definitely evolved. The image has evolved and kind of changed. Um, as far as musicianship, definitely like I've definitely improved on some things. I've, you know, worked on my craft and tried to better it each and every day, not only writing, but as a vocalist, as a bassist, as a, as a front woman, it's definitely been a journey and it hasn't ended yet. It's still going, you know, I'm still like trying to evolve into, you know, the best version of myself that I can be. So it's definitely a journey. And right now it's definitely been taking some steps since the last time that we spoke. So it's definitely been super fun. And I definitely do notice some changes. <laughs> that sentence that you spoke about, about, you know, changing or getting more evolving as a songwriter, evolving your stage presence, evolving all that stuff. You know, there has to be a certain amount of self-awareness for you to understand that you have to keep evolving. Right. I mean, that's, that's the huge thing. I mean, you know, you've got to understand how competitive it is out there, not just in the industry itself, but just to get people to listen because, you know, there's no platform for new rock these days that you really have to go out and find your audience. But you also have to have that self-awareness like, hey, you know, this isn't working or maybe long term, this is not what we're supposed to be or what I'm supposed to be. You know, how, how do you have those those conversations with yourself? And and how do you how do you kind of navigate through those changes? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's you're definitely self-aware. You know, you're always just thinking like, what do what do you do next? What is the next thing? What and I'm always thinking of and it's funny that you bring this up because lately, especially with the band and everything, I've had this idea. I think I actually told you this last time I was here, and I just always been in the back of my mind. I've actually thought about turning this into like an all-female rock project because that's something that you know I noticed that is super popular and you see it out there people love it and I've always wanted to do that you know because I've been a female fronted band for like years now I don't I don't know anything different and you know getting to that point of evolving and trying to expand you know myself as an artist I've thought maybe you know get that whole female band going that would be so fun you know try to do something new, do something different. Because like you say, in the, in the rock world, you know, you always got to try to go that extra step because, you know, rock, it, it will never die. But it's one of those genres that is always kind of left out of the, you know, popular world of music. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, you know, because I'm, I'm a rock singer and I love it. But then again, it's like kind of excluded. So you always got to do that extra mile, that extra step to just kind of stand out there. Um, but as far as it goes, when I, when I really have that conversation with myself, what am I going to do? I kind of step back and look at what's everything that's happening right now. And I just kind of think, okay, this needs improvement. This needs improvement. And yeah, it's just really having patience and knowing what to do with, you know, especially when you love what you do, you, you take a lot of care of it and you just kind of be patient with it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, you got to have uh, an idea of what's happening currently, you know, exactly. and when you talk about all female bands, you know, the first two that pop into mind that are new, you know, are or actually I would say probably three that pop in my mind are The Warning, which yes. is just, you know, they're they're just going off the charts right now. And, yeah, they're very good. Yeah, and then, you, you know, you also have Plush, too, which is an amazing band. And you also have the gems, which is from yes. Thunder Mother. You know, the, the three girls that left Thunder Mother starting their own band. And oh, you know, I, I didn't I know thought, that they already started the new band. I love, I love Thunder. They have a Mother's new single out called uh, Phoenix, <laughs> like a Phoenix, oh, and it's, it's absolutely amazing. And you know, I saw them when they were in Thunder Mother open up for the Scorpions last year. Yes, and yes, they fantastic. Were, they were phenomenal. They were absolutely mm -hmm. phenomenal. So. You know, when you see bands, and of course, there's others too as well. And there's also the female fronted bands too, like you know Dorothy and and Lizzie Hale and 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 artists like that. But you know, I think in today's world, you know, we talk a lot more about the female, all female bands mm -hmm. that maybe years ago maybe didn't have the that little bit extra that maybe their counterparts on the male side had. Mm -hmm. But you really can't say that now. With no. female artists, 
Female artists mm-hmm. are bringing it. They're bringing it more so than ever. And the talent is more incredible than than what's been going on in years in years past. Obviously, you know, there's the Janis Joplins who are greatly influential and the Grace Slicks and the Hearts and all that stuff. Joan Jett, Pat Benatar. But um, as far as a female fronted band, you know, when you hear the warning, when you hear plush, when you hear the gems and in Thunder Mother, for that matter, you know, they don't. I try to not use female all female band. I just say they're a band. Yeah, exactly. They're equal. Yeah. They're, equal. they're not, yeah, exactly. you know, and, and I know there's also the distinction of, you know, being a, a, you know, a path setter for other females too, as well. And, you know, some artists want that female distinction because it's important to them, especially who they're influencing. And I understand that, but I just look at them as, as bands. They're great bands. And, and I think we've come to that point in society where it's like, yeah, they're all female, but they're, they're, they're still a rock band, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, I totally agree a hundred percent. It's, it's one of those things when people ask me like, what do you want as the image? And I've always, I've always had that idea that I'd love to have this project where it was, where I wasn't just the only girl, you know, because I think that it would just be so awesome to just share the stage with other girls who like to rock. And, you know, rock music's one of those things that everyone just jams along to and we all get along through. It connects people. Rock music connects us. And I've made so many friends who are just so, such incredible musicians that I've met through rock music. And I think it would just, it would be one of those things I'd love to push forward with the band, you know, get that lineup. My dream lineup would just be that, you know? So I agree with you a hundred percent. We're, we're bands. We're not, we're not just in that title We're we are a band, you know, <laughs> how, how close to you, how close are you to fulfilling that vision, you know, of an all female band? I will be honest a little, you know, it's getting closer by the day. It's something that I, I, I really do think I spoke to you about it last time I was here. Cause it's all coming back to me. And I'd said, Oh yeah, it's something I would love to do. And it's, it's, it's in the process. It's in the process. It's getting, it's the idea is starting to form. So, <laughs> you know, when you think about where you've, come from and where you are present day and what your vision is for the future you know, you band ink is essentially you you know i mean it I, is essentially is is giuliani i mean you i mean you put this vision together you you are the one that started this and you know as you move forward i don't know what your process is and how you create but are you comfortable giving up a little bit of control to have more of a collaborative type of environment in your band too Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm one of those, I'm a collaborative person. I'm not like, oh, it has to be like this. No, I, I think that's like not a good way to approach things because then, then it just gets kind of out of hand. And I don't think that's a good way to, I'm, I'm very collaborative. I love to work with people. I'm a social butterfly. So whenever I get the chance to work with others, I, I jump out of my seat because I just think it's, it's great to put two minds together or more to try to form something that we all are passionate about and something that we all love, because I really do think that passion and that love that we have for the art that we are creating will create something beautiful. And yeah, I love collab. I I wouldn't mind like having a project where we're all in this together and where that we all want to lift it up, you know, because I'll be honest, you know, when, when you create something and you're the only one that's passionate about it, it's tough. It's, it's really tough because then everything's on your shoulders. Everything kind of, you know, weighs you down, but to have that, that group of supportive people that want to do the same thing you do, I a hundred percent, I would definitely be, be interested in that. You know, what type of environment do you create the best at? Um, what do you mean by that? Sorry. You kind of glitched. Well, is it, bit. is it, you know, is it something that you, that you need to be comfortable in? Or is it something that you need some tension to kind of bring things out? Um, you know, how, how, how do you, which do you prefer and what, what's best for your music? Um, I would prefer a comfortable environment where we're all kind of like in a room and we're just like, you know, calm. And I usually think what tension is the worst situation because nothing gets done. You're either butting heads and like, no one's going to win. So it's like, if we're, if we're all together and, you know, 
you know, if we get to a situation where no one can agree, we compromise, you know, because that's the idea. We want to all be happy with the project. So I would definitely say a more comfortable environment is better, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Some people like that tension. Some people like that. That. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I yeah. know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they feed off of that, you know, they, yeah. you know, that they get that, you know, especially if there's a producer that, you know, yeah. maybe gets a little in your face and, and says things that maybe you weren't prepared for. I think, in my opinion, based on what I've learned over the last four years of doing this show is, you know, having a producer that, you know, is, is shares your vision and understands your vision is probably the best way to put it, understands your vision, Absolutely. but also understands how to get the most out of you. And that, you know, and that that means calling an artist out I'm not bringing it that day in the studio. Oh yeah. yeah then, yeah. then, then so be it. But I think that producer really kind of needs to be that, that, that member of the band, that fifth member or whatever number it is, but also guy that has that, yeah, member. it has that voice in the room that, Hey, not everything you're doing is great. <laughs> this needs to, yeah. this needs and to that's, be quick. that's helpful because like, we're all different. There's a bunch of set, different sets of ears, you know, where no, we don't hear this, everything the same way. So it's like one person could be like, yeah, this sounds awesome. When in reality, it just doesn't fit. And so that, that fifth member, that fourth member of the band being the producer is kind of like, Hey, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about it. Like, you know, I'm kind of hearing it at another point of view so it's i agree a hundred percent and going back to what you said about like members coming to the studio not prepared i agree i'm one of those people where i'm like i'm easy to work with but all i ask is that you're prepared and that you're you know willing to put in the work because that i can agree with you know you have people come in and they don't it's like ah <laughs> like you know we don't have to come prepared you know so that i agree with a hundred percent it's like you got to bring everything to the table you know <laughs> yeah you know that is really important because you know yourself you're putting in the time Absolutely. and you're you're working things over you know maybe changing something that maybe doesn't work anymore or whatever the mm -hmm. case is right you're you're coming in prepared you're coming in with in your mind, what needs to happen. And when someone else comes in and, and they don't show that level of commitment or they don't show that level of professionalism, it yeah. can cause a lot of difficult tension mm -hmm. times and within between Going artists back and the band. Tension in the room and everyone's like, well, that's probably, that's, that's probably where a lot of tension originates. You know, if someone has that view of someone not coming in, obviously they didn't practice or they didn't go over whatever it was that they needed to work on and you're still kind of in the same space place and you know whether if you're in a studio that costs money yeah yeah you know? for sure i mean i mean and, and, and new bands these days don't have the benefit of an advance they don't have a record label paying for the time so you know you've got to have you've got to be prepared i mean that's that's oh, essential yeah. absolutely a hundred percent it's like um yeah i i you said it you said it correctly it's like you know it's not like we're in the eighties and you know, it's like you get signed and you have unlimited time. You gotta, you know, be prepared. And, you know, especially when you're very passionate about something, it's like you, you bring something from the ground up and you're super proud of it. And it's like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to get this done. And then it's, it just doesn't work, you know? So it does get frustrating. <laughs> Speaking of frustrating, a lot of newer artists, newer rock bands, I'm sure there are is a level of frustration in the slow moving world of the rock part of the music industry, right? I mean, it's you've got to find your audience, like I mentioned, but there are successes, you know, while you're searching for this, right? And yeah. what you're becoming, I mean, it's it's one step up the stairs at a time, mm -hmm. and you've got to really realize and recognize those successes to kind of know that you're going in the right path and you're moving forward, right? Cause everything needs to be, keep moving forward. Um, no one wants to move backwards and sometimes you have to, to move forward, but <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Take yep. a step back to move two steps forward. But you know, when you think of these last couple of years since midnight rider, obviously you, you want to be more recognized. You want to be heard, but are there moments mm -hmm. where you realize however small they are, however big they are, that you are moving forward, that things do keep moving forward for you because, you know, you do need to hold on to those successes and build on it. 
Yeah. Um, so one thing about me, and I tell everyone, I'm a very big positive person. No matter what happens, I like to look at the bright side because if we're going to focus on the negatives, we're just going to keep going backwards. You know, it's like you're never going to get out of that mindset. Yeah. So every everything that happens, I'm just thankful for. You know, it's like we get a show. Awesome. This is I'm so grateful for this. We get to go and we get to play our songs. Someone mentions, hey, I like your music. I listen to your band. That's awesome. That's like a little celebration going off in, you know, <laughs> in, in our, in our world of music. Um, every step is a victory, you know, because it's like when you, when you put all that, all that effort and work into it and you see people enjoying what you do, you see people go out to your shows, you see people wearing like a shirt with your band name on it. It's like, okay, like we're going somewhere, you know, um, definitely social media too. That's another thing, you know, that's an, a new thing that people have to work with now. Like maybe six or seven years ago, it wasn't such a big deal. Like, you know, you'd had all these new rock bands coming out and they were genuinely like skyrocketing because of their music, not so much of like the social media aspect. Now it's like, now we have social media, we got to work on that and like build with that. Um, but really any, any opportunity, any, any step forward, you know, I'm just thankful for. And I just, you know, every, you know, people come out to the shows. I make sure to go out and thank I'm like, thank you for coming out. You know, thank you for listening to our music because I'm just really grateful. I, I mean, I get to do what I love, you know, not a lot of people get to go out and play shows. Not a lot of people get to go in the studio and record a song that they've written. I'm, I'm just thankful that I get to perform and do what I've always wanted to do since I was a little girl. So every victory counts. <laughs> well, as a fan, you know, of your music and a lot of the other new artists that are out there, one of the things that is instant, instantly recognizable is the true passion and love a lot of the young artists have. Because, like you said, you know, there's not the record label paying these exorbitant amount of 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 advances for a record or getting you on mtv i mean you really have to do a grind these days you really have to be out there and play and you have to surround yourself with people in a band that are willing to do the same you know that are willing mm -hmm. to to get on you know a, a van or a bus or whatever it is and play clubs and just one by one build an audience and yeah. when you when you see what bands go through and the young bands and what they what they have to deal with there is an absolute authentic love for what they do there there is no mm -hmm. question and that should never be questioned by by any rock fan young or old i mean it is a true passion for for you and other artists Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Yeah, a hundred percent. And rock is one of those genres that is special because like I mentioned before, it's that, it's that type of genre that is, you know, left out most of the time from popular music. So it's a small community, but not super small. We're big enough, like, you know, the community of rock music, but 
It's small and it's like the people who are in it are so passionate about it. Like uh, people that play rock music, we love getting on stage. We love rocking out because it's rock music is so energetic and it's that type of sound that gets, you know, you see the crowd react to it. Then you react off of the crowd and then they react off. It's one of those like super powerful feelings that you get when you're on stage. Like it's very different from pop music where it's like pop People just want to dance, you know, they just want to listen to top 40s and dance. Rock is like meaningful. People love that. They love that, you know, in the lyrics, it's it's just meaningful. I really don't know how to express it. It's just one of those genres that's very special. And the people in it are, are beautiful people who just want to rock and just want to have a good time and do what they love. So 100%, I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> we're very passionate about it. <laughs> one of my favorite conversations I had was after a show. It was after the Joyous Wolf and Dorothy show. Oh, um, two great bands. I love yeah, them. Two great bands. And, and I was talking with Nick, the singer. He's, he's been on the show a couple of times, Nick Reese. And he said something really powerful that still resonates with me today is that rock and roll is in the best place it needs to be. It's not mainstream, and we don't want it to be mainstream because once it becomes mainstream, then everybody's got their hands in the cookie jar, and everyone's telling everybody what to do, and everybody's sounding like everybody, and Mm -hmm. that begins the demise is when it becomes mainstream. So in his words, rock and roll is is where it's supposed to be. It's in the best place possible. Oh, yes. And again, rock it's a special genre. It's one of those genres where everyone sounds different. Everyone has their special touch to it that makes it different, you know. So I, I agree with that. I'm going to I'm not going to forget that. That's a good one. <laughs> it is a great. It is a great. I mean, he said it to me. I think it was April of last year, 2022 is when I saw them. And I, it could have been before because I've had a lot of conversations with him. But when he said that, it was like, yeah, I mean, that's really what it's all about, right? I mean, when yeah. you look at what pop music has become because it's mainstream or hip hop, what it's become because it's mainstream, now it's all corporate. It's all, you know, what what every artist never wants to become is that corporate, you know, bought by the corporation. They've all become, yeah. whether they realize it or not, they're bought and paid for now. And Rock and roll has that authenticity that it lost for a bit. There was a moment, you know, in the late 80s and early 90s, it was kind of lost. And then around, the, you know, the change of the of the millennium, it was lost again. And uh, it's like it's like a it's like an NFL team with a bunch of bad draft picks for a few years, you know. Um, but uh, but now I think when you look at the landscape of artists like yourself and other bands i mean it really is authentic and it really is something that is really happening and i think it's like i said it's one brick at a time one step up the stair at a time but i think it's it's a better place than it was the year before it's in a better place than it was two years ago and it's it's slowly becoming you know i don't know if it'll ever get back to where it was but it's becoming i think it's the power is coming back Oh, yeah, it's definitely making its way back. Like more people are going to rock shows like a lot of people are, you know, just getting back to, you know, I see people buying records. I still buy records, you know, because it's like it's it's coming back that, you know, rock and roll. It's it's definitely coming. It'll never die. It will never there will never be a time where it's like, oh, what is that rock? Like, no, it will always be here. And yeah, it's it's a special genre, like I'll always say. <laughs> well, I think of my my eighteen year old son and his friends who go to vinyl conventions and buy buy records. Yeah, which is so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, um, it's so cool. It's just yeah. it's one of those fun things to do. Like on the weekend, you go out and get some records. You know. <laughs> As you move forward with the new songs that you're going to be doing in Nashville, when can we expect more music? to be officially released what's your time frame absolutely so this fall this fall definitely i am so excited to get this new stuff out there because it is definitely different from what we've done in the past is more modern it's it's exciting so i'm definitely super excited to see how people react to it um and it's it should be really fun heading back to the studio getting some stuff recorded and yeah i'm super so definitely the fall super excited about that and you said more modern, you know, define that. How is it different? Huh. Um, I would definitely say more like heavier in the heavier side of rock. So 
how could I how could I explain it? Just more modern in the sense like, you know, like bands like Dorothy and Hailstorm where they have them. Like if you think Dorothy when she first came out was very bluesy and like had that cool edgy sound to it. Now she's more like fuller. The the sound is fuller. So I would definitely say like ours is more like fuller and heavier and just modern sounding. <laughs> I got to ask you the question that I've asked a few people on the show since I, since I interviewed him. I had Scott Stevens on the podcast, this, you know, the, the producer songwriter, you know, he's written with Dorothy. Incredible songwriter. Yeah. Very, very talented. And we talked about what makes a great song. Mm-hmm. What is the most important thing for a song? Is it the lyrics or is it the melody? Um, I want to say lyrics, but I think it's the melody. I think it's the melody because that's what people hear first. Um, to me, like I always start out with lyrics. I get like, I'm like, all right, I want to write something about this. And then I work out the melody. But if we're being totally honest, it's the melody because people who aren't musicians, they're going to see if they like it or not. If they can like, you know, listen to it every day on their car ride to work, you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'd have to go with melody. (laughs) Well, I, you know, there's a reason why we're called the hook, right? Because the hook is what brings people into the song. It captures people. It's the melody and it's what captures, you know, you can have great lyrics. If you don't have a hook, Mm -hmm. no one's going to hear it. It's just no one's going to be like, oh, what are the lyrics to the song? Like right away, you know, you you turn on the radio. They're like, all right, here's a new song. You're going to say, can I like bop my head to this? Can I like jam out to this? Not, not like the lyrics right away. Later on, you know, people will be like, oh, I love these lyrics. Like I really relate to them. But yeah. first I really think it's the melody. <laughs> it's the humming test, right? If you can hum it, you'll you'll listen to it. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, That's the ultimate test. It was really interesting how he told me how he, you know, how he became the songwriter he is. He studied the Beatles. And, oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, and how they, you know, they they put the the lyrics over the melodies, and how they all fused it all together. And he really, you know, young in his career, really went and studied that stuff, and just learned not exactly a carbon copy of what they did, but just how to write a lyric over a melody, and how to merge all that stuff, and have a smoother transition into different parts of the songs, and and everything. Because let's face it, I mean, those guys are the masters, right? I mean, those guys haven't made a record since the late 60s, and yet they're still incredibly popular around the world. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up listening to the Beatles. Um, My grandpa, before he came to America, he was in a Beatles tribute band. He he played Paul McCartney with Offner and everything. So I know I'm a big Beatles fan. I, I, I think that's incredible. That's if if you want to learn about songwriting, those are those are the guys to learn about. I mean, everything they wrote, every, it still stands the test of time. You know, there are people you know who are so young that just are getting into the Beatles, and it's still relevant till this day. So that's like the best, the ultimate teachers of songwriting is the Beatles. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So as far as um, your new music, is it still you know? Are you collaborating with anybody outside of of the band or is it just you and and the people you're working with uh me and the people in the band you know we've just kind of been collaborating um i would love to work with other people as outside of the band as well as far as songwriting you know get to work with different you know types of musicians and like you know it'd it'd definitely be fun it's something that i'm open to but for as far as the stuff we're releasing it's all people that i'm working with right now with the band so yeah (laughs) You're up in Boston or near in Massachusetts, right? Is yes, there Boston. ever is there ever a thought of you know permanently moving down to Nashville or to LA? Oh yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think about it every day. Um, I love my home. Don't get me wrong. I love Mass. I'm a New Englander, you know. <laughs> um, but my dream is to move out to LA. Uh, like I said, you know, late, um, earlier, I just. I have this connection with Los Angeles. Um, I, when I was like in high school, I used to read a bunch of biographies about like the artists that I look up to and have a lot of respect for. And in the book, no matter what book I'd read, you'd open a page to talk about Los Angeles, Los Angeles. And I was just always obsessed with the idea of going there. And when I went there, 
I was like amazed. I fell in love with the city. Everyone is, you know, everyone is so kind. And, you know, you meet artists every day. You see, every, you see something new every day there. So my dream is to move out there. And you know what? Even Nashville, I wouldn't mind moving to Nashville. I do love Nashville. But if I had to pick my, I love LA, I would want to move there. <laughs> you know, there is something about LA and music. When um, my son was 12, we went out to Cal, Southern Cal um, for uh, for the holidays, for, for Christmas and New Year. And I had bought him the guitar a few years prior. Um, and he was, you know, just kind of thumbing along and trying to learn stuff online and everything. But he really didn't have any formal lessons. And I just kind of wanted to see if he would stick with it, if he would continue to do it. So we went out and there's this luthier. It's great luthier. He's been on my show a couple of times in Hermosa Beach. And uh, we he's a friend of a friend. And we walked in there and he handed my son this custom guitar that he had been building. And he taught him an A chord. He taught him all these chords. And ever since then, he's been like on his way. You know, he's been playing guitar and everything. And that trip, that same trip, we went to the Rainbow for lunch. And he saw Lemmy's, you know, statue at the Rainbow. And we went to record stores and we did all these things. And, you know, it's just something about the magic and the history of, you know, where these bands come from that we all know, we all love that there is a sense of, you know, it, it's a, it's a mystical place, you know, where all these play, all these bands and artists once ruled the world. Absolutely. Like LA is one of those places that no matter what you do, you'll be accepted. You know, you'll find your group of people, you'll make friends, you'll make friends that you'll probably know forever because you're both in incredibly passionate about what you do. And I don't know, the, the thing I tell everybody when they tell me like, why do you love LA so much? And it sounds like the silliest thing when I say it, but when I'm there and I see that Hollywood sign, it just, it gives... It's it gives you like hope, you know what I mean? You see that and you're like, wow, anything could happen here, you know, and it's it's one of those places that I'll I think I'll always love and it's just a special place in my heart, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, it is a special place for you and and you know, everyone that loves music knows about LA and the LA scene and what it meant to music and and um you know, how it bridges the gap between generations and people understand all these things. You know, I went to the, I was back out there over New Year's this past year. I went to the Whiskey Go-Go to see LA Guns. And, um, oh, yeah, that's an awesome show. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're in this magical place that is basically, you know, I've, I don't know how many square feet it is, but it's a small club, but you just, you can feel the history as soon as you walk into it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. And, yeah, it's. I really don't know how to express how much I love that place. It's just, when I land, I'm like, all right, let's get to work. Let's get <laughs> stuff going. You know, it's like you start having ideas, it starts rolling. You know, it's, it's just yeah, I love LA. And and going back to Nashville too. Nashville is beautiful and just an incredible music scene. So many talented musicians. It's one of those places that you go and you're like, again, all right, let's get to work. Let's see what we can do. Let's get you know everything rolling. It's Two awesome places for musicians, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, from what I heard from artists is Nashville is very community oriented. Everybody's willing to help each other out. Um, yes. And, and that's a yes. great atmosphere to be in, especially if you're a young artist, too. A hundred percent. That's music. That's what it's all about is being there for one another. And especially rock. You know, we got to We got to have each other's back. We got to be there for each other, you know, just. Mm -hmm help each other out because Brock, you know, we love it enough that we want to bring it all together and bring it up, you know, <laughs> but last question for you. When you think of today, present day for you, the vision you had years ago of what you wanted to be, are you still on that path to that vision? Yes. A hundred percent. One thing that I will say <clears throat> though, like when I was like 14, I never thought I'd be doing the stuff I'm doing right now. It's still crazy. Like if I could go back and tell myself like, hey, man, like this is awesome. We get to go out and play our songs, you know. I never thought that I'd like play the clubs that I do now. Like I never thought I'd set foot in the Whiskey Go-Go and play shows. Or I never thought that, you know, my band would 
be opening up face fairly, you know, it's like, whoa. Um, but I still have that same vision. You know, I've, I've been a musician since I was five and I decided I wanted to be a performer when I was like 11, 12. So I've always had that vision that I've wanted to be on stage. Um, I wanted, you know, to get my music out there. So it's still the same vision, but it, it's, it's, a, it still is surprising to me when, you know, these opportunities come forward and, you know, I get to play with my band. So same vision, but it's been, it's been so great. <laughs> Well, Juliana, it's been a blast as always. Thank you again for coming by and talking to me and being on the show again. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. I'm so thankful. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> I always say this to people who haven't come up to Chicago yet. Maybe someday we'll see you up here in Chicago. Yes, maybe. And hey, you let me know. I'll let you know when we're there. We bring you we bring you on the on the list for the show. You'll be our special it. guest. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do that, but I appreciate it. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Everyone, that's Giuliani from the band Band Inc. Expect more music from them coming soon. Check their songs out on Spotify and all streaming platforms as well. And all the notes or in the notes will be their links to all their social media platforms. So go and give them a follow and give them a like so you can get up to date on when new music drops and where they're playing, maybe in your area. So I'm Jay Scott. This has been another episode of the hook rocks. Thanks again for tuning in. Stay safe, take care of each other and we will talk soon. Thank you. Leave me here. Won't you see me cry? I don't even got no tears. I'm dry. Watch me beg and you see me try. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.